Kudu here. Listen to Safari. Bits and bites from the bush. Wilderness wise with eco-training. My name is Russell Crossy. I work for eco-training and I'm very fortunate to be working here in Mashata Game Reserve, which is a, a semi-arid area. I myself am very fond of dry desert environments. Uh, I have spent a fair amount of time in the Central Kalahari Game Reserve as well. Um, so I like uh, the edginess of these very dry, harsh environments. One of the main features of uh, dry environments are animals that are adapted to very low availability of water. And uh, eland is a very typical animal of the arid environments here in Mashatu, and certainly one of my favorite antelopes. Uh, just the, the sheer majesty of some of the eland, especially the big bulls, which can weigh up to almost a ton. Some of the big bulls, almost 900 kilograms. Uh, and as these old bulls get, get older, they get darker, uh, and they develop these massive big uh, dewlaps. And uh, they have a, a very interesting characteristic in that when they walk, uh, the hoof structure causes this clicking sound. So often at night you will hear this, uh, this clicking, uh, which is quite interesting because it almost sounds like Bushman people um, talking to each other with all the clicks. Uh, and that is a, a wonderful parallel because the Bushmen have such a close association with the eland. Uh, the Bushmen also live in very harsh, dry environments uh, where they also have a severe challenge in, in getting moisture. Uh, and the, the Bushmen have found that the eland is one of their favorite animals to hunt. Because of the, the size of the eland, a single eland would feed an entire Bushman family. Uh, also, they would be able to get a fair amount of moisture from the, from the blood of the eland, uh, content of the blood of the eland, and also from the stomach contents of the eland. Uh, and for that reason, the Bushmen have an intense respect for the eland as a source of food. They praised the eland uh, for the energy that the eland would give them. And also, they were... I believe that the energy, the blood of the eland was very powerful energy, which they likened almost to electricity. Uh, in order to save that energy, they would use the paint, the blood of the eland in their paint, so that they could store that energy on the, on the rock shelters. And when they needed to draw on that energy, for example, when they needed to have uh, trance dances, they would dance around the paintings and the women would sing and clap rhythmically, and that would allow the men to enter into the trance world. Uh, so there's this wonderful parallel and relationship between humans and eland. Of course, the eland is also very popular with predators, particularly in this area. As an eland will provide a, a really a good solid meal for a single pride of lions. So they tend to favor eland. Obviously, the lions would rather use uh, less energy to get more return. So an eland being as big as it is, is really a good uh, catch for, for lions. And uh, we often find, similar to in the Okavanga Delta, where... If you're looking for lions, you look for the big herds of buffalo and generally you'll find the lions shadowing those big herds of buffalo. We see a similar situation in Mashatu where, generally speaking, when the, when the eland congregate in very big herds, particularly in the, in the rainy season, you'll find the lions will be in close attendance to these big herds of eland and simply follow the eland and, um, and take one every sort of three to four days. In this area, the eland tend to be more sedentary because of the fact that the area is closed off, there are communities living in the surrounding areas. In other areas, the eland will cover massive, massive areas. There'll be a lot more migratory. And you also find them in the mountains, in the Drakensberg Mountains, where uh, during the summer months they'll go high into the mountains, uh, which is quite remarkable for such a heavy antelope that they can actually uh, access the very high peaks in the Drakensberg. 
Uh, and then in the winter months, when there's very little to eat in the high mountains, they'll migrate down into the low country down in, in KwaZulu-Natal. So very adaptable antelope. Uh, they do well in areas where there's very little water, uh, but they're also found in, in, in um, woodland savanna ecosystems like the Drakensberg, where water is, is abundant. Uh, and certainly uh, one of my favorite antelope. It's interesting in the eland, both the males and females have horns, uh, though you can distinguish the males by the much larger horns. The, the male horns are much thicker than the female horns. And the male also has a patch of hair on the forehead, a very distinctive patch of hair, which uh, he produces a musky scent from that, that hair patch. Often when the females are in estrus, the males will rub that hairy patch in the female urine and, and get the scent of, that, uh, of the female in the hair patch. Um, and that's a mating, one of the rituals that they uh, utilize during mating. So a very interesting animal. And we always feel extremely rewarded when we get to see these uh, big herds of eland. Uh, we don't always see them. They can disappear for months on end. Uh, and just the other day, we were in the middle of a lecture and a herd of 30 or 40 eland suddenly appeared um, in the river in front of camp. Uh, so they're just, to me, a little bit like ghosts that come and go. Uh, but they often advertise their presence while we're sleeping. We know they're passing by because of the clicking uh, there are various theories of it. Uh, some people think it's in the knees, uh, but then it's been proven that it's actually in the hooves. Um, so when they walk, um, due to the shape of the hooves, the structure of the hoof, the sort of overlapping structure of the hoof, the hooves um, sort of spread apart, uh, particularly when they're on softer sand. Uh, and that's particularly when you'll hear the, the sort of clicking in the, um, in the, bone stru- in the hoof structure. Uh, it's quite an interesting animal to track, particularly in areas where they're buffalo, because the tracks of the eland and the buffalo are very, very similar. Um, but it's quite important that you do get to know the difference, because obviously the buffalo in the area, you don't want to confuse it with eland, because buffalo are dangerous. Uh, eland, of course, are, are not dangerous, but if, if you don't want to confuse the tracks. The eland tracks uh, are a similar shape to a buffalo track, uh, except for the um, eland tracks are narrower than the, the buffalo track is a lot rounder. Uh, and on the eland tracks, the toes tend to overlap each other. The one toe is longer than the other toe. So those are the major distinguishing feature, but they can otherwise be quite similar to the buffalo tracks. Uh, eland meat, of course, is very, very popular because they have a lot of fat content in the meat, so people like to eat eland meat. And people will say that it's as good as uh, high-quality beef. In Russia, they've been doing experiments with uh, farming of eland um, and harvesting the milk commercially. Uh, so there's a lot of uh, interesting potential in eland. So we shouldn't, uh, populations, humans, should rather be looking at at living with these animals rather than wiping them out because uh, they can be our saviors. They're able to raise their, their, their body temperatures very high um, and reduce the loss. Uh, they don't sweat much uh, and they raise their body temperatures very, very high and then, and then release heat at night. Um, and in this way, they're able to prevent moisture loss. Uh, what they'll also do in very dry areas, similar to the oryx, is they'll graze on the grasses at night when the grasses become uh, soaked with dew uh, and then they'll graze on, on grasses at night. Whereas they tend to mostly be a browser, mostly uh, eating leaf material from which they'll also get a lot of their, a lot of their moisture. But by eating the water-laden grasses, the dew-laden grasses at night, they refer to as hygroscopic behavior, hygroscopic grasses, they can get the moisture content from, uh, from that. For more audio safaris, visit kuduhere.com.